Tonight I'm going to give you some old time tested advice. This text has been has been a well-worn path, as it should be. In any Bible-believing church that believes the Bible's Word of God, you should hear this text a few times. Colossians chapter uh, 3, verses 1 through 4. So if you've got a book, you want to look at it, or you want to look at it on your phone, Colossians chapter 3, 1 through 4. It'll help you in a time of need. You say, right now I don't have anything going, but I'm great, I'm good, what am I got? No, you can't always fly high, man. You can't always be up there in the, in the mountaintops. You've got to go to the valley. Yea, though I walk through the valley, you will. And the terrors of death will compass you about. And if you read the Psalms much, you hear that from David about fear. You hear he, he fought fear. He fought fear. Saul was out to kill him. And the whole army of Israel, professional professional warriors were out to kill him. Even though he had been anointed king of Israel, yet for 15 years he, he fled for his life. Now that seems strange in and of itself that David, who was anointed king by Samuel, would flee for his life. But he, he told Saul, I'm not, I'm not just, a, breath, I'm just a, a hair's breath from death. And you'll notice in the Psalms, he, he wrote 72 of the 150 Psalms. You'll notice that he talks about fear a lot in there, and that's good for you and me because fear wants to take over and wants to control you, wants you to make decisions based on fear. Don't make decisions. Do not make decisions based on fear. That is not good decision-making. And this passage here, which is so simplistic, so straight up and down forward, will help us and help you, help me in time every day, really, but also especially when maybe the day gets dark or whatever happens. I'll read it first, Colossians chapter 3, verse 1 through 4. If, then ye be, if ye then be risen with Christ, question, are you? Seek those things which are above, where Christ sitteth on the right hand of God. By the way, making intercession for us. Set your affection on things above, not on the things of the earth. And then the, verse 3 and 4 is the theological part of the text. Actually, the first 1 and 2 is kind of the application part of the text, and, and the verses 3 and 4 is the theological part of the text, which is reverse of normal. It says, for you're dead, and your life is hid with Christ and God. That's theological. That's positional. When Christ, who is our life, shall appear, that's talking about second coming or rapture for the church or your death, then shall ye also appear with him in glory. But that's really talking about his coming, I believe, ultimately coming and making himself king of kings and lord of lords. Revelation chapter 19, making that the clearest place in the Bible. So Christ, in these four short verses, mentioned three of the four times. Four times. So three of the four verses Christ has mentioned. And all I got in my notes is it's all about Jesus. If for some reason your life's not all about Jesus, you're not where God wants you to be. You're not in your, let me use a yuppie term or a millennial term, you're not in your happy place. 
You are outside of the perfect, fabulous will of God. These four short verses contain an amazing, powerful, I believe, formula for you and I to succeed continually and be productive in our life. Hidden in these four short verses are answers to many of the common questions that Christians ask. Why am I depressed? Can a Christian get depressed? He can. Uh, I think the answer is how to get over it. Uh, why is everything so hard? I've had people get saved, baptized, join the church, get up, working for God, and pretty soon a year or two later said, man, since I got saved, everything's been so hard. Everything's been, seems like I'm in a war constantly. It seems like life's a battle. I said, I think you got saved. I've heard people ask, why can I not be happy? Well, happy depends on happenings. I mean, you got a kidney stone, you're not giggling. Hey, man, how many have had kidney stones in here? Hey, boy, you know, don't you? How many here have had gout? Fewer. How many here have had, uh, what else is very painful? Gallstones are painful. A gallbladder removal, I heard, is really tough. Uh, so, you, you know, you're not going, ha, 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 I'm so happy. No. So there's times that happenings aren't good and you're not happy. No, and so that's going to come. And so people ask me, why can I be happy more? Well, you can. Where is my joy? Joy is deeper. Joy is in spite of what goes on around you. Why do I, have, why do I not have peace? Some people just don't seem to have peace. They're saved, but there's no peace. Also, they'll ask, why am I anxious, preacher? I just have the anxiety problems. Why do I struggle still? with fleshly sins. And these are just a sample of some of the questions. The verse starts out with what I call the great if. If. If you're in Christ. If you be risen with Christ. It's part of the deal. Are you risen with Christ tonight? Right off the get-go, the verse says, if you're not risen with Christ, the rest of this cannot apply. Romans chapter 6, verse 3 and 4, Know ye not that so many of us were baptized into Jesus Christ, were baptized into his death. The word baptized means to submerse, to be submersed in God, to be submersed in Christ. Therefore, we are buried with him. That makes sense, submersed, buried with him by baptism into death. And like as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we also, that's just like that, we should walk in newness of life, our daily lives are based. Our daily lives and our walking in newness of life is based on our position in Christ. You can't be risen unless first you have died. Did that make sense to you? The title of this is The Irony of Death Preceding Life. Death, in this case, precedes Christian life. Death to the flesh and life to the spirit. Just as a grain of corn or... Wheat must, be, must die, be put in the ground and actually die and have metamorphosis go on to, to produce this magnificent plant or the fruit that they have. God really can't do much with you or with me as long as we're in control. we got to die to ourselves. As long as the world's your focus, it's your reason for living, it's your love, it's your hope, 
His goals are your goals. Uh, it's, it's important things are your important things. God cannot do a whole lot with you for his kingdom. You're not available to him. Death is a death to self is what he's talking about, being dead in Christ. Uh, God, listen, God doesn't want us to die for him. He wants us to live for him, if it's been said. But I'm talking about, we're talking about a, a decision here, dying to self, dying to your dreams. I preach a whole sermon on dying to dreams. I, I died to my dreams. I'm And living God's dream, not my dream. I, I feel so badly when I hear people talk about their dreams or dreams. Brother, I had dreams like everybody else, but I gave my dreams to God, and his dream turned out to be a lot better than my dream. My dream was based on fantasy. His dream for you is based on reality. The God of all that is will make it happen. And so death to self proceeds rising with Christ and living the resurrected life, which we live as Christians. So verse 1 makes that clear. Verse 2 says, seek those things which are above. Verse 1 actually, excuse me, says, seek those things which are above. I almost got mixed up on that. Can you imagine? That's a decision we make. I just had a time in my life where I, I just said, God, you got everything I have, everything where I'm going to be. I don't have really much to offer, but I'm going to seek you on a regular basis. Not just a one Sunday, two Sunday, one month, two month, one year, two year. It's a it's an everyday seeking of God. I value him enough to seek him. Um, the problem is that people oftentimes do not have value about the things which are above or the spiritual things, or the Bible calls them the invisible things, and consequently they don't want to seek them. The below things, which are temporal, which are often dirty, which have guilt with them, which are like the old, remember when saccharin came out, has that horrible aftertaste, that's the things of the world, are not like the things for those that are risen. The people that are risen in Christ, we understand the difference between those. We made a decision to seek at a point of time. I believe it is a one decision point of time. Then you just continue to reaffirm that decision as you go down the road. Have you, I ask you this, have you made a decision to seek those things which are above on a constant basis? I mean, a lifelong decision. And then you just day by day keep putting them to the forefront of your, of your life and operations. That's what this is talking about. And so you make a decision on verse 2 to set your affection. So you seek the things which are above. You set your affections. And that set means to commit. It's a, it's a life commitment. Colossians uh, 3, 2 says, set your affection on things above, not on the things of the earth. If you want to prosper in the Christian faith, you must be consumed with it. I can tell you this from walking with God some, he doesn't honor lukewarm. He doesn't honor half-hearted. God's not into people giving part of their life, some of their life, a portion of their life. That's lukewarm. In fact, he even tells the church Laodicea, look, you guys think you're rich. You think you're doing good. You think you don't have need of anything. But from my point of view, you're you're naked and you're blind and you're and you're 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 an, an emaciated, if I want to put it that way. And he says, "You're living. I, w- I would rather have you folks to be hot uh, or cold or cold or hot. But but to be lukewarm makes me sick." 
And man, I've gone to God oftentimes saying, God, I don't want to be lukewarm. It's easy to get comfortable. It's easy to get lukewarm. It's easy not to get excited like you used to get excited. Not to get fired up like you used to get fired up. It's easy to lay off your Bible reading, lay off church, and lay off witnessing to, your, to the lost people, and lay off. It's, it's, but I don't want to lay off. I want to set my affections on things above. Part-time Christian give all of us a bad name. They do. They're carnal, they're earthly, they're sensual, they're worldly, they're weak, they're confused, they're inconsistent, they're mocked by the world and disciplined by God. The mega churches, the rock and roll churches, the world, the rockers, I've read some about what the rock and roll world, I'm talking about the secular rock world, thinks of CCM music. I mean, they, they are very frank in their language of saying they have taken our music, they've taken our music, and they put it to Christian words. And they just mock about that. You couldn't even come up with your own music. You had to use our music for your words. Now, folks, that's exactly what they've done. And no wonder the church, no wonder the church has such a low opinion of, no wonder the world has such a low opinion of the church. Brother, the songs we sing, they hate. Uh, somebody tonight talked about a neighbor that's been playing rock and roll or playing music and stuff and bothering them at night. I have a cure for that. You buy you some big old uh, ghetto blaster and speakers with a couple hundred amp each, and you play the Calvary Quartet. It'll drive anybody crazy after a while. You play Amazing Grace, how sweet the sound. Your neighbors will come over there and beg you for mercy. They will say, we'll do anything. What do you want? We're, we're going to move. Would you buy our house if you're going to keep playing that? Uh, because we can't. Let me tell you, the world can't stand spiritual music. It rubs them completely wrong. Just like the world's music, in some degree, rubs us wrong, should rub you wrong. When you hear that worldliness, you should go, ooh, that has no place in the things of God. It should rub you wrong. Now the theological facts in verse 3 and 4. For you are dead, and your life is hid with Christ in God. Now that's the, the first two verses, the seeking God and then setting your affection, are because you're dead in Christ, and your life has been hid in Him and, and placed in Him and protected, if I may say, by Him uh, in God. When Christ, who is our life, shall appear. He said, he said because I live, you shall live also. Amen? You're going to live forever. Why? Because Jesus lived. You're going to be okay. Why? Because Jesus is okay. He's my master. I'm hid in him. My life's hid in him. Then shall he also appear with him in glory. We get to be part of him, part of his kingdom. The principle of death before resurrection and fruit. The Christian who does not focus on heaven, that's the things above, and does not die to self, those are the things below, does not benefit himself or others much. Survives but does not prosper. Endures but does not enjoy. Goes to heaven just to realize how much of an opportunity he has missed or she has missed. And I don't want to do that. I like Romans 1, 1 Romans chapter 6, 1 through 4 says, What shall we say then? Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? God forbid. 
That means no, no, never. Double negative. How shall we that are dead to sin live any longer therein? The answer is absolutely you shouldn't. Know ye not that so many of us as were baptized into Jesus Christ were baptized, that's immersed, into his death. Therefore we are immersed or buried with him by baptism into death. That like as Christ was raised up from the dead by the glory of the Father, each, even we should walk in newness of life as I read before. I'm not talking about a trouble-free life. I'm not talking about health and wealth here. But a, a life centered in Jesus, empowered by God, immersed in the things which are above, enjoying the journey even in prison and under persecution. Acts chapter 16, in prayer meeting, if you weren't there, you may have been in Awana. I talked about Paul and Silas singing at midnight, praising God, giving thanks unto God. Their backs were lacerated. They had been beaten to a pulp. You've never, I mean, I'm going to safely say, you've never known anybody get beat that bad. And they're, they're in, not only that, they put, them in, they put their feet in stocks. Now, their habit was when they made that, that they would put your feet in stocks just enough to where your shoulders were resting on the ground. There were rats in that place, and it was filthy and full of uh, fecal material and bacteria. I, I bet there was even MRSA in there. And here they are in that position in the inner prison, and they begin to thank God and sing. Now, brother, that's maturity. You know how they could do that? They were dead. You can't hurt a dead person. You can't hurt a dead person. A dead person has no rights. They have no rights. You, God cannot short you something or not do for you what he ought to do for you if you're dead because I'm already dead. I, I've already given up everything I own to God. I've already given it up. If I go home tonight and the whole thing burnt down, I've already given it up. The horror of the world with its massive disappointment and emptiness is overcome by the instruction of these sh four short little verses. If you then be risen with Christ, seek those things which are above, where Christ sitteth on the right hand of God, Set your affection on things above, not on things of the earth. Ask yourself, is this me? If you're dead and your life is hid with Christ in God, when Christ who is our life shall appear, then you also shall appear with him in glory. You know, hope that is seen is not hope. Our brother, our brother uh, Jimmy Knott, I love to kid Jimmy Knott. That's because I love him and also because I feel comfortable with his maturity. Now, I'm not sure his wife's that mature. She may hate me. I don't know. But, 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 but uh, Jimmy, Jimmy not, I, I only kid the people I love, really. I mean, if I don't kid you, I don't love you. I hate I mean, no, I'm not, no. But I kid people that I'm secure with, that I'm secure with. I don't think uh, Chris Barrows is going to be upset about me kidding him. I mean, his wife may be, and I often actually check that out. And I say, you know, I had Brother Moon. I used to love the kid Brother Moon, Brother Boucher, and, and uh, I'd kid Brother Moon. And one time, one time, Brother Moon came up to me and said, you know, my wife got mad the other day, the other night at you. My wife got mad at you. I said, oh, my. I'll never do that if she's going to get mad. I said, I thought she knew we always did that in fun. And just, yeah, but it got through to her. And, 
And, uh, you know, I appreciate you don't do that anymore. So I quit, I quit, I quit kidding him. And the barrels was with us. I started, I started going kidding barrels. And pretty soon Heather will come up to me and say, you know, I wish you wouldn't say anything about my husband's preaching. I'll say, okay, Thomas. <laughs> Praise the Lord, Thomas don't have a wife. <laughs> don't have a wife take up offense for him. So he'll be, he'll be good with that. But hope that is seen is not hope. We need to be able to trust in that which we see not. Seek the things which are above. Set your affection on them. Keep it on them. Focus on them. Daily. During the day. Pray without ceasing. Keep your mind open to the throne of God where you can pray as you go down the road and pray as you work and Pray all day long here, there, and yon. Talk to God. What's praying? Talking to God, amen? It's just talking to God. I bet you teachers, in fact, I bet Amy prays a lot. You know, with the kids she's got, she needs to. But uh, the teachers, and they pray by the, by as they go through the day. Because we know that no matter how dark it may get, Day spring's coming. Christ is coming. He's going to set the record right. He's going to set the wrongs right. All that has been done in the, in the evil, this whole evil world is going to be judged and, and made right, and there'll be justice for those things done in darkness. And for the born-again believer, he's going to eventually be ushered with Christ up in a, by where he said in John chapter 14, Behold, I go and prepare a place for you. Who am I that God would prepare a place for me? Who am I? I'm like a, you ever, you ever, you ever go, you ever go to a fire ant mound about that big? I taught, I taught chapel early on to school. And uh, I wanted to give an illustration of uh, something. I don't even know why I was giving this illustration. I was probably just wanted to get the kids outside because I couldn't stand them being inside because sometimes they get bored, you know, and they want to act up and everything. So I took them outside. And I wanted to show them uh, the power of cooperation. So we went over to a fire ant mount about like this. And I took my foot. And I started on one side and I just went like that. And I mean, you thought the ground was moving. They came up out of that ground. And I said, boys, look at that. Everybody's got a job. There's no lazy fire ants. There's no fire ants on welfare. No, no, they're all working. And they're all working for the same cause. Now, you see all that sand? I mean, we moved out a big old hunk of sand. I said, look at that's every grain of that sand. They're already, one of them's picking up a grain and going and putting it back. One of them's putting up. They're not like, oh, I can't believe they did this to us again. I'm going to quit. I can't stand it. They don't get depressed. As far as I know, they have no depression clinics in a fire ant mound. 
They just say, you just wait till you come here one day and don't know we're here. We're all going to crawl up your leg and we're not going to sting you till we get all the way up your thigh. Then we're all going to look at each other and go, no! That's exactly what they do. It's exactly what they do. If the first one stung you when he got on your ankle or your foot, it'd be all right, but no, no. One day I'm out in the backyard up on 18, where did I live? 18566 18, Rosewood Road, San Carlos Park. And I remember I was out there laying sod. And I have neighbors where, you know, I got a house over here, house over there, neighbors and stuff. Pretty soon my wife comes out, I'm taking my pants off. I took my pants off, jumped around like a rabbit, man. I mean, they had gotten all the way up. Before they sting you, they get about right up to there. And I'm taking my hands and trying to get them off my leg. Of course, they get between your fingers and love that little soft flesh right there. That's vengeance. So anyway, the next time I did chapel, I said, let's go see what happens when you can unite together and work together. And we went out there, and there was a beautiful fire ant mound. Just all, every, I said, every grain of sand they took and put that thing back. The Bible says observe the ant. And that'll be you and I. That'll be born-again believers. We got more reason to be faithful and to be united and to be for one cause than those ants have. Amen? Because when Christ shall appear, he's going to make it worth your while. You can try to live the Christian life your way or you can try to live the Christian life God's way. And this little passage is so simple, so straightforward. Seek the things above, set your affections on because you're already in Christ and he's looking out for you. By, by the grace of God, now, now do his will to the, to the max. Put, your, put the hammer down, serve God, keep focused, and God will work out, and pretty soon you're going to be old. And pretty soon it'll be over. And you'll be able to see and say, well, and he'll, hopefully by the grace of God, he'll say, well done, thou good and faithful servant. Enter the joy of that Lord. And Father, you help us tonight to get the truth of this passage. Forgive us where we have gone off the, off the rail, where we've gone and forgot what this thing's all about, forgot the cause. As I like what old Joshua said, is there not a cause? There is a cause. And the power of unity, the power of working together, the power of being dead to ourselves so we don't have a bunch of hurt feelings and don't have a bunch of emotional conflicts going on. And... Uh, we don't have jealousies, we don't have envies, we don't have malignities, we don't have strifes. We have harmony and unity one to another. Well, what great things can be done in Christ. Help us to look at this passage again furthermore. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. If you would like to know more about the Lord Jesus Christ, you may contact us at the church website, gospelbaptistchurch.com. Or you can go to Facebook and type in Gospel Baptist Church, Bonita Springs, Florida. Also, you could call the church office at 239-947-1285. Thank you, and God bless.